welcome to the Modern Maker Podcast for Thursday, October 29th, otherwise known as National Frankenstein Day. Now, before I get too big of a reaction, hold on. I'm looking at this calendar and I can see that tomorrow is Frankenstein Friday. That's the last Friday of the month. And if my math is correct, just so everybody's forewarned, in 2021... National Frankenstein Day and Frankenstein Friday will fall on the same day. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's like a <laughs> Frankenception. Once in a millennium, <laughs> yeah. Frankenstein Friday this lines up. This only happens every seven years. Man, that's crazy. You would think they would just save it for Halloween, but hey. They jump the gun. Take what you it, can get. It, isn't it funny that when, like, back in the day, like, early superheroes or super villains were kind of, like what is now like kind of just medical procedures like he's so body parts back together and it worked it's a new creature yeah. i mean i guess they did bring a guy back from the dead so it's a little bit farther along but yeah y'all ever hear those stories about people getting implants from a human cadaver but then getting weird like dreams and weird memories associated with that person they've become that person yeah, yeah i've heard it a couple of times i believe it i mean i don't i don't know if there's anything legit with it but it. there you <laughs> go that's sort of that's the right way to put it i mean i believe they had that experience how they're legit not, it is i don't know they're not lying they're just mistaken yeah well yeah oh i, I had a pork tenderloin and i dreamed about getting my belly scratched so there you go that's <laughs> what happens when right. you have pork tenderloin yes all what right. is your what's your best frankenstein project ah ooh. i don't well i'm gonna say the mullet desk bar there you go and you know what? It even had some like rivets and bolts showing in it, just like Frankenstein's uh, forehead or temples. Nice. I, I can't think of one, but I will say, I'll, so I'll kind of jump the gun. I know we've been saving for the uh, end of the episodes. We've been talking about like what we've seen in the Rockler desk challenge. So what I was going to pick this week was Chris Crawford. I don't know if you guys have seen his yet. He just put out a YouTube video. So that's Mortgage and Miter. Mm-hmm. And he did a kid's bed that basically has like a fold up table that can double as a desk real clean. Ooh. So it's kind of, I, I guess that kind of it's a hell of a project. As a, yeah. As a Frankenstein project. Ah, it, very it's cool. like very clean. Yeah. Like the foot. Yeah. So it's the foot awesome. folds up and like, it does not look like at least in the, like the pictures, you know, maybe in real life it looks different, but it doesn't look like it would become a desk at all. It's very discreet when it's in bed form. Chris Super is going discreet. to be our first inductee to the Rockler Challenge Hall of Fame. <laughs> I think so. Because like first consistent, just consistent hitters coming out of mortgage. Yeah, and I remember writer. whenever he was he was posting progress pictures, and progress. I think it was just a photo yeah. of the headboard or the footboard, and I was I was pretty confused at the time. Now it all makes sense. It's all coming Big together. Shout out. Yeah, check out mortgage, as in like a home mortgage, because he is a, a mortgage broker. Yes. And miter, like the joint. You'll figure that one out. Except for, doesn't he spell it M-I-T-R-E? Maybe the now, Canadian way? is that not way? how you spell miter joint? Isn't it M-I-T-E-R? I, I thought so too. I don't know how to spell anything. Okay, because I was reading and then second guessing myself. That's I why it's I like, just left it. I think it's like theater. Yes, that's, it's fancy that way. Yeah. Color. <laughs> All right, so what about you, Mike? What's your Frankenstein, your best Frankenstein project? Best Frankenstein project is the bus. I think it's a mix mash of everything. Yeah, it's a combination of a lot of weird elements that somehow all come together. I like it quite a bit, and it's got exposed rivets. Since we're making that a point, oh yeah, there you go. Stick there you go. two of them coming right out of the neck. 
Yeah, exactly. Ooh, right. I finished my Rockler desk challenge project this week, fellas. Nice. It's it out, came out now as people are listening to this. Yes. Oh, for sure. By the time this is out, it's definitely live. Nice. I'm happy with the project. It almost looks like kind of like old school woodworking. Like a, the project itself is very understated. It's super simple, but just that little leg detail with the with the fun interlocking Castle joints. Joint. That's correct. Oh, yeah. It was a fun little thing to show off, or at least it was fun for me to try, and it translated into a cool video, I think. Like I said, project itself, simple, fun joint detail. I don't think it's going to do anything that's going to revolutionize the internet, but hopefully it's a fun video for the people that watch it. I just am uh, wrapping up the edit today. It's been a computer day for me, and it's been pretty good, putting it all together. Nice. What are you up to, What about ben? you guys? Well... I should have my video out soon. I'm waiting for approval. But you know what? If they don't give me approval by Wednesday, Wednesday. I'm just going to post it anyways and still send them the bill. Because you know what? They're taking too long. And sometimes <laughs> you just <laughs> got to put your foot down. <laughs> also, it's like, I just don't care. It doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Yeah, like what are they going to do? Be like, next time, make sure and send it. Okay. Yeah. I did. No, I, I sent it to them. <laughs> yeah like thursday so they've had like four they'll have had like yeah. four or five days to review and their job's not that yeah. hard so well we were talking about the whole first in first out or last in yeah. first out filing method either way it should be should be getting approved on monday yeah so it'll be up by the time this goes live with or without approval so there may not be an ad <laughs> read who knows <laughs> stay tuned it's exciting no the the project came out great I'm really happy with the video. It's a little bit of the long side because it's a lot of steps because it's like milling all the wood slats, then steel, then welding, then attaching the wood, then losing an eye, then recovering, yeah. and then finishing. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, it was a it was a long ordeal, but I, I just really like the project. I think I found a home for it, which is awesome. And right now, I literally just got up north to Minden, Nevada to do a bunch of projects with the guys from Semi-Exact. So I'm back at our factory. Beautiful the, Minden, Nevada. It's like the coolest it's little cold, town. man. It's like 30 oh, degrees out. Really? Wow. The hell? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Had a nice uh, seven hour and 15 minute drive up here from Joshua Tree. Left it was a, a sunny... 90 degrees in Joshua Tree, and it looks like tomorrow it'll be like a sunny 40 degrees. Oh, isn't that crazy? Like seven hour drives, that much of a difference, but yeah, yeah, we're going to be unveiling some new products that I designed and they're developing. And you know, it's also just sort of uh, kicking off a lot of the more promotion now that the three of us are all investors in semi exact. So Boom. Yeah, it should be so sick. Yeah, I'm excited for you guys to get the prototypes of what you guys are designing completely nailed. I know you've been working on it for a little bit, so I'm excited to see that final product. Yeah, it's going to be good. So I think we're going to try to build all the furniture for a bedroom in either one day or one weekend. I got to sort of plan it out and see how it works. But that'll be kind of like the the theme for the video I produce while I'm up here is all your bedroom furniture one weekend or one day. I probably have to get to a weekend with oh, nice. finishes and right. glue ups and all that kind of stuff. It'd probably be pushing it. I have no problem thinking I could get like, so I'm going to do a desk, dresser, bed, and some open shelving. So pretty much 
closed storage, yeah. a place for working, a place for sleeping, and then a f- place for like sort of hanging everyday carry items and stuff like that. So I feel like those are the basics. And if you can get all like four of those pieces done in a day or a weekend. Yeah, weekend sounds good, I think. A lot of like yeah, plywood a day would and be stretching it. construction lumber and then semi-exact kind of ready-made projects. So it'll be fun. I'll have to court. I'll probably it'll be one of the rare projects where I actually kind of sketch it out and script it beforehand rather than sort of just making it up as I go. More mm-hmm. so just so I can like organize the timeline and create I think I might have like a counter going on in the video that sort of counts down real time. Mm. Like an episode of twenty four. Yes. Yeah. But you know, less scowling Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> More we'll see how you look. Yeah, I was gonna say we'll see what kind of faces you make on that last day where you're like, "Dang it, everything's supposed to be done tomorrow morning." Dude, Ben's well, I mean, crawling through early and all the split screen reason. stuff too, with like the picture in <laughs> yeah. picture, multiple things going on, bombs ticking, mm. people running, yeah. looking distressed. At hour twenty-two. His daughter's in trouble <laughs> one, once again. Yeah. Well, cool, man. That'll be fun. Chris, what's new in your world? Yo. So instead of talking about what I'm working on, since I'm still kind of working on the same stuff, I'm going to talk about a couple of things that I have planned coming up in the future to kind of pull the audience for some feedback. And and I'll go ahead and post this on Instagram too. Since And so anybody that wants to respond, I guess just DM me on Instagram. But the first thing is... I want to do a video because one of the one of the questions I get a lot is like, hey, man, I noticed you don't have a miter saw in your shop. Everybody always M-I-T-E-R. And it's just because you don't know how to spell it. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't. I've been Googling for him, but I can't find him. <laughs> no. So I want to do a video on basically like why I think you don't need one. So now I know that there is a purpose for it, especially more in like carpentry and that kind of stuff. But for furniture, I really don't think you need one. So if anybody has a reason why they think that I do need one, DM me with that. That way I can try to counter it in my video. What's up, I Mike? Feel like the, I feel like the only reason you would not want one, or I'm sorry, the only re- the, the line between wanting or not wanting one or using or not using one, mm-hmm. is it not just having a bomb table saw? Because as soon as you have a sweet table saw set up, you never want to touch a miter saw again. Yeah, it's basically, I mean, I think that's part of it. And then the ACS for me does a lot Uh, of what I would use a miter saw for, but a lot of other things that I can use it for. So yeah, for me, it, I just have never had the need for it. So I guess if if somebody can think of a compelling reason, then maybe I can eat crow in the video and, and change my mind, but I've been wanting to do a video about that. So if anybody's got any good ideas, go ahead and let me know another thing. So this project, I'm not sure when I'm going to do this, but something that I've been wanting to do is you guys know that I'm into sneakers. I've been collecting for a while and I've been wanting to do some kind of like cool display for them. And so an idea that I just recently had was, I don't know if you guys have ever seen, but there's this thing called a sneaker wheel that people do where they'll basically like take a picture of their collection and they do it in a way where they make a big circle and all of the toes are pointing towards the center. Yeah. So I've seen that. I would, I I thought it might be cool if I could do something like that, that was like wall mounted and somehow on like lazy Susan hardware, but that was on a wall instead of laying flat on a table or whatever. So you could actually spin it. But then I'm trying to think of like, how could you do it where you have the toes all pointing in the center, but uh, not wanting to use like Velcro or anything like that. That's going to like keep them 
space that way and not wanting to like, you know, damage the shoe in any way. So I've been trying to, I mean, so I may not go that route, but I'm, I'm trying to think of some ideas for that. Are you going to get one of those motorized lazy Susan things? I'll go manual. It'd be like the price is okay. right where it's like the, the showcase showdown or whatever. It's got the ticker. Yeah. I got to hit that thousand. Yeah. I think you could do really thin, clear straps that would hold them yeah. in place. Like little just holes through the back and then... Right. The, oh, because you're wanting this to hang vertically. Yeah, I want it to hang on the wall. Got it. I understand now. The, okay, cool. The other way would be clamps that don't squeeze the leather because you don't want to scuff it, but they like two... Like clamps where as you push in, mm-hmm. two jaws come on either side of the sole. And so they're just grabbing about, you know... Yeah, just like the little bottom portion right, of like it. Right, like a quarter inch to three-eighths of an inch up from the hole. So it's almost like a a wide spring clamp kind of holding them because that's something where if you pulled them out it wouldn't damage the shoe and it would hold it really tight yeah. but look really clean you so, just gave me an idea now too if i could do something even if i just had like two little like supports on the underside so it's resting on it right and right. then just like something that was going in where your foot goes in and just yeah. like keeps pressure so it's like pushing down on that yeah but you, i don't know like you what, make, what would that you be? could do a spring you could use a spring and a lever to make jaws where you have to like kind of prime apart, put the shoe in and it, and you could even do something where you kind of push on like a, like a button and it opens the jaws, put the shoe in, release the button, shoe stays tight. Mm-hmm. But it, actually, like it would those... be a good X carve project because you could carve out, you could carve the wheel from the backside to carve recesses and slots for the right. jaws and stuff. And then like, do yeah, we- I could sort of hold it in yeah. the way that those one foot, you know, the thing you put your foot in to see what size shoe you are. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Hold yeah, yeah. From the front and back that oh, way, yeah, maybe yeah. or something. I'll just yeah. get a bunch of those. There you go. <laughs> it would actually, yeah. And then just like paint them a cool color. Now Mike's going to receive a thousand DMS that are like the name of whatever that little shoe monitor yeah. or whatever it's going to be called. Or I don't know if you've seen these, Chris, they've got these mouse traps where they're glue traps. Okay. You just pop oh. a bunch of those on there. Just, so it's just like lightly stuck to the sole? <laughs> yeah, that's that's a joke. I don't think that's very practical. There you yeah. go. Well, if anybody do, knows I, of any like existing hardware or like a couple of pieces of hardware that I could easily put together, go ahead and D- DM me that how, too. How Nothing big of that a you diameter need to be an engineer would this wheel to do that. I don't know. It depends on how many shoes I want to do. I'm guessing like I wouldn't do a whole collection in there. So maybe like four feet or something like that. Yeah, that's legit. Yeah. I don't and then how do you make like it a game kind of, show? You have to turn it into yeah, a game show. <laughs> Price is right kind of clickiness. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's like a bunch of like, like uh, it's just a bunch of like old man New Balances and then like some Asics <laughs> yeah. and then it's just also like a few random expensive Jordans mixed in. So it's like, all right, you got a raffle to get in. You got a chance to win some great shoes or some orthopedics, one, one or the other. One pair of sketchers that if it lands on that, it, you get the... Doom, doom, ba, ba, yeah, you get the sketcher yeah, shape-ups. <laughs> That's a good project. Yeah. You should do that. Well, that'll be fun. Yeah, it's something that it's definitely like on the horizon. As soon as I have time for one of those, I'll do that. And you'll definitely need some heavy-duty... It's a really good CNC project, I think. Yeah. Yeah, because there's so much like infrastructure on the backside that would be boring to do. Right. And then, yeah, also just like precision if you did make like little tickers and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Also, you're going to need some like really good 
like axle or sort of ball bearing or something like that. And uh, mounting it to the wall will be pretty substantial as well. Like, you know, it's not going to be light. Right. Yeah. I was even thinking about like what hardware would be good for it. So like, obviously my first thought is just like some kind of lazy Susan hardware, but then I was like, well, are those only made to work vertically or? Yeah. And they don't spin freely like that. I think you should use probably like some sort of like bicycle hardware. Okay. But definitely maybe something for like rollerblades. Maybe I'll throw a pair of rollerblades on there as the. Bum, 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 bum. There you go. Also, another idea you could just use like straight up Velcro. Yeah, but then you got to put it on the shoe. Well, it's just on the sole. You know, it's just like a little sticky thing you would take off. Yeah, but that's the most important part of a human. Velcro on no. your feet. I know. <laughs> I was just listen. I was just. I was just thinking. What happens if you like over torque the shoe if you're clamping from the heel and the toe or something like that? You know. Yeah. I would hate to cause Oof. any damage. No, you're, you're coming from the side. You're side clamping. Like, yeah, you side clamp. Yeah. You don't want to taco up that hey, tongue or that yeah. toe if box. You, I'll let you workshop it. I'm just spitballing. All right. I'm into it, though. I like I the ideas all the way around. Yeah. Regardless, though, Chris, especially now that you're doing like skits in every video, game show. You got to do some game oh, yeah, show. Yeah, something. that'll definitely be the open. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'll have the long skinny mic with the little. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Little puffball on the end. That's perfect. Nice. Well, cool. All right. How about some questions to pick up where we uh, left off from last week? We still got a few to filter through. All right. Let's do this. I'm excited. I am All enjoying right. the Q and A segments a lot. Actually, so okay. <laughs> where we left off. This is kind of weird timing. So obviously, these were written to us like three weeks ago or whatever, right? Did you guys happen to see Ben Paik, Wobie's recent Instagram stories? About uh, <laughs> going back and forth with a, a comment that he got. He was very salty towards the guy. So it's funny because somebody wrote, thoughts on Wobie design getting so salty at people asking questions on his Instagram. So basically, just to fill you in on what happened if you haven't seen it, I won't go into super details, plus I don't know all the details, but basically... You know, we get nasty comments here and there. And so Ben Paik, not Ueda, although Ueda would do this too, I think. <laughs> Basically, like, called out the guy, called him a see you next Tuesday, and was very upset and just fired right back at the guy. And then apparently, like, the guy tried to, like, contact his sponsor. And <laughs> then he comes back on Instagram and he's like, you know what? My sponsor's still working with me, so F you. And blah, blah, blah. For- he, he was very pissed off. And... <laughs> So it's funny that uh, this, was this comment was written. Or was like three... he enjoying the conflict? Oh yeah, I, okay, yes. He was for the sake of the story, enjoying it. For the sake of the story, do we know what this all like? How this all sprung up? Like, what was the original comment? Vaguely, I don't personally, but I'm sure okay, it can cool. be found. That's fine. Look, I, I think I could break this down a little bit. If <laughs> if you can't do and say what you want, are you really free? And I think that's one of the things I love about Ben Paik is he works really hard. He definitely has goals, but he will burn it all down to the ground rather than <laughs> not do things his way. And he's so he's such a funny, quirky dude. And but he's like deathly serious about doing things the way he wants to do them. And it's not from some sort of arrogance that he thinks he's right. 
He's just going to do it his way, and that's why he's working independently in this format. And he'll be damned if somebody's going to tell him what to do, and he has to fire back. And I always tell him, it's like, you know, my my personal rule that I always share as advice when asked by my other maker friends is, you know, should I respond? I'm like, if it's it's like for me, it's the opposite of the Marie Kondo method. If it sparks joy to say something salty back, if it's going to give you a little pep in the step and you're going to get a chuckle out of it with your friends, then do it. Knock yourself out. If it's going to stress you out more waiting for the return fire, then don't do it. So right. if it it's your job, it's your business, it's your name. If it makes you, if it makes you, like if poking back at the bear is fun for you, then absolutely do it. But be responsible for the consequences. For, for myself, I'm always like, if I'm going to enjoy it, right? Like if I see a comment that's negative and if I think it's going to take too long or be too exhausting to kind of explain why they're wrong, I just delete it. If I have a good put down and it's an easy way to explain how they're demonstrably, factually and completely incorrect and not just incorrect, probably dumb for even like vocalizing what – their incorrectness. Oh, well then, yeah, I'll, I'll hammer them and and try to make a little example of them. But I think the 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 thing is is be very self-aware how it impacts your mood, right? And if it's bringing you down and bothering you as social media stuff is want to do sometimes, then just disengage. But if it's if you're going to have a little chuckle and get a little Little false sense, a little sense of internet sheriff justice. <laughs> By all means, you know, right. knock yourself out. So, I I support Wobi and his his saltiness. I I think there's a wink in there, and it's like you know, this is kind of how he has fun. This is his little right. weirdness. I mean, there definitely is an element of comedy to it. Like I was busting up watching it and I'm kind of there with him on it, honestly. Like, so maybe you guys can speak to this too. You tell me if you have this outlet or whatever. So one of the good things about having working with Sean now is like when we get those comments, it's nice to be able to just like talk shit and make jokes to the person that's sitting right across from you. And that's kind of like the outlet to blow off steam about it or whatever. Whereas if you're working by yourself, you are kind of like, it still pisses you off. Like when you get comments certain times. And so like there've been times that I've responded to something usually in a joking way where like, I'll put it public on Instagram or whatever. And I always get comments back from people that's like, Hey man, don't waste your time on these people. It's not even worth it. And like, I get that, but I, I, I'm not saying I disagree with it. Like, yeah, it's it's probably not worth my time. You don't don't have to take it all the time. I'm still human. And it's like, so the, the equivalent I try to make for like somebody that's not in this position would be like, say you post pictures of your kids all the time on Instagram (laughs) and 99% of the comments you get are positive reinforcement of people being like, Oh, your kid's so cute, blah, blah, blah. But then some person just like, Hey, your kids are average. There's nothing special about them. Quit acting like that and quit posting pictures of your kids. I don't like them. (laughs) Like, wouldn't you be like, fuck off. These are my kids. Yeah, you'd get pissed. Well, and that's I'm how normally it feels when somebody that, I'm normally says just a person that thinks making. that about other people's kids. I just would never say it. <laughs> uh, no. The point is, say what you want about my kids, but don't talk about my credenzas. Yeah. <laughs> 
Look, it, fair enough. It's funny. It's the yeah. I I quit looking at comments like a year or so ago. It's a good thing, man. <laughs> like if you enjoy getting back and forth in the comment section, that's fun. But I am somebody that like when negative things happen, I let them affect me for longer than I should because yeah. If I'm just building, I'm gonna be playing that over in my head. Like if it's waiting for a guy to comment back, I'm just going to be thinking what he might comment. That way I have the proper the response reply. already loaded. So it's like, not able, I'm not commenting back and forth with this one guy. I'm commenting back and forth with the 50 possibilities that this guy might say even. So it can yeah. get out of hand for sure. And <sighs> I, you know what? I just copied it from Joe Rogan. I think he had the whole like dump and run policy. And I gave it a shot and it's great. <laughs> Just give your one and then let them stew it over and yeah, be in your position. Here's yeah. here's the thing. Like in general, I don't think I do look at YouTube comments every once in a while, just not that often. So that's the first thing I do is I I minimize my inter you know what? I treat it like public bathrooms. Every once in a while you gotta Dump use and one. Run. But they're always kind of gross. You feel like you lose a little bit of your soul every time. And, and you even, don't want to spend too much time there. And even if you do get it in, <laughs> even if you do get an inspirational message on written on the wall, <laughs> it's surrounded by just terribly terrible ones with no context. So right. I don't believe people when they say they never look. People always yeah. sometimes look. It's just it's like People that saying that I only eat healthy. No, everybody eats something unhealthy every once in a while. So it's about what you mostly do. It's impractical to ignore everything all the time to just avoid to avert your eyes as if you're going to like, you know, turn to stone like in Medusa or something. Right. So I try to minimize it. And then when I do respond, I always ask myself that question. Is this fun? Are you having fun? Because you don't have to do this. If it's not fun, why are you doing it? Yeah. You know, why are you punching down? And between those two things, I'm normally pretty good and stay in a pretty healthy thing. The other thing that I think is really important for this is knowing what your goals are. And that really keep that really helps you to reframe. When you get lost in the when the platform becomes the goal, I think that's where these things start to hit home a little bit too harder. Like if you th really think of your business as a YouTube business and you're trying to hit these numbers and do these things and YouTube is where you work and then you have distress in the workplace, I think it's a little bit more – it, it hits a little bit harder. Like I cared a lot more when I was really trying to build the subscriber base and try to get from sort of 100,000 to a million. I took comments a lot more to heart because one of my stated goals that I had for myself was to get to – a million subscribers. So I felt like negativity coming from the audience was like in the way of that goals when in reality it totally wasn't. Lately, YouTube has become less and less of a goal. It's just in one other investment, one other platform, one other tool. So criticism on that has become like relegated to like 30% of like my criticism of my portfolio. And so now that I know where my goals are and they're kind of farther and farther away from that platform, it's still a really important tool, don't get me wrong. I think it doesn't feel quite as personal. And now, but that doesn't mean you can be invulnerable from the emotional hurt of criticism for, for what you're doing. You'll 
I always find myself the most susceptible to taking something personally when it's the thing I'm trying hardest for or the thing I care the most about. And so when people sort of question sort of integrity or about like sustainability or stuff like that, those kind of things I'll tend to fire back pretty aggressively on. And it's because it's something that means more to me than like somebody saying like, oh, your video is crap. I'm like, yeah, so what? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, it, that doesn't bother me. But when someone says that like, oh, I can't believe, you know, you're using this material when you talk about sustainability and that has nothing to do with that. Oh, you're going to get it and then I'm going to wait for you to respond and then you're going to get it again because that bothers me more. And it doesn't, and it bothers me, I think in a good way because I do care about doing a good job with that in that regard with that type of information. And it's also something that I think is worth me taking the time to correct the record on. If somebody says something erroneously about a topic like sustainability, I think it's really important I feel it's justified to correct a record, even if just a couple people read that comment and see this idiot get eviscerated. So there are things that I think worth fighting for. And fun is one of them <laughs> and for things that you really care about is another one. But be clear and be honest with yourself about what you actually care about. And you don't have to care about all aspects of your work like evenly. Like if someone criticizes me on on something that I think is kind of subjective or not that big of a deal. Like someone said, oh, you didn't paint behind the cabinets in the container house. You're not a real craftsman. I'm like, yep. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I'm not a real painter. <laughs> or it's like, you hired subcontractors to do the drywall. Like you're lazy. I'm like, yes. Nailed it. <laughs> you got it, sir. <laughs> Definitely not lazy. Maybe smart. <laughs> yeah. So... Don't just respond to negativity, but do listen to negativity that's about the things you actually believe are important that is coming from the, and do things. It's, it's way too simplistic to be just like ignore the haters, right? Right. And it's way too impossible to never look at the comments. But like anything else, you can minimize and like manage and then have little counter tactics for when you respond. Well said. Next question. This one comes in from... The Daniel Dutton. Wait, the Daniel Dutton? Not just Daniel Dutton. (laughs) The Daniel Dutton. He says, what is your favorite soup? Gravy. You guys... (laughs) Bread soup. (laughs) The soup that goes on top of other foods. You know what? Do you have a favorite soup? Yes, I do have a favorite soup. Vietnamese pho. And when I was in Boston, Mm. there was a really good pho place and... Yeah, that was like my go-to spot for lunch. It's just like a really clear broth, often like a mixture of like chicken, pork, and beef or something like that. Some noodles, a lot of fresh vegetables, at least for the good stuff, and then some thin sliced meat on top of it. And the soup is normally so hot that they drop in the meat kind of sliced really, really thin raw, and it cooks it instantly in the hot broth. A lot of sriracha or spicy sauce in there. And on like a cold Boston day, like to just have that for lunch. And I would even get it without a lot of the noodles, but just extra of like the, like the, the Thai basil in there. Whoo, that was good. It's pho and delicious. Yeah. <laughs> Nicely done, Mike. Wow. <laughs> Dolores loves pho, but I'm, I'm more of a banh mi man. Uh, a banh mi is a good sandwich. <laughs> Mike, you got a favorite soup? 
No, I mean, a while back, I remember mentioning that I got really big into pro- Progresso Light. <laughs> yeah. Because I didn't get that Progresso sponsorship, son, <laughs> did you? All right. I don't know if this is something we've gone into the podcast on before, but Progresso Light is like 175 calories per can. Now, I'm not somebody that counts calories. I'm more of like just figuring out, you know, what, how, what amounts of each macro or anything, but... It is the perfect thing if you are going to eat a meal in like three or four hours, but you don't want to hold me over. Yeah, because I've been either skipping breakfast or lunch most days. And I just (laughs) Just find that it kind of keeps pop a a cold Santa Progresso. (laughs) (laughs) Crack a cold one, hair of the dog. (laughs) The the peel off made him a lot easier. (laughs) Go ahead and chase that with a minestrone. It's just a thing where it doesn't ruin your next meal and it's so much better because if you eat a whole sandwich, you're not going to want to eat like a real dinner in a few hours. So if anybody has slept on Progresso, because I always grew up thinking it was like fancy boy soup mm. and that Campbell's was real deal. There you go. See, I, I don't even I don't even want Campbell's soup anymore. I just want Progresso. Progresso light. I, I actually prefer just getting the, the chicken stock, or just getting the broth. And just taking whatever vegetables I have, like leftover in the fridge or like leftover food from the night before, and then just chopping it up and heating up the broth and throwing it all in there. Yeah, that's because there's bad. less filler that way. I always feel with like the Progresso, they put in a lot of like like noodles and like potatoes and just like stupid carrots. That's so true. Who is the person putting celery and carrots in cheap. chicken noodle They're soup? Filling it out. It makes me furious. Yeah, it's like it's particle board <laughs> All stuff. No killer. Where it's like, man, don't like I go for it. I think like in yeah, like right after college, one of the things I would eat is I would just warm up. I'd get like one of those big cartons of broth, and I would just like warm it up and throw in like a handful of spinach, and then just crack an egg in there, and it would cook the egg in the hot broth, and it was like. That's reasonably healthy like three to four minutes and you're good and you're not eating any sort of filler stuff probably a little too high on the That's sodium cool. but otherwise than that good man yeah i wonder how far off cardboard and like bread is <laughs> because i was making pancakes like a week or so ago and as i was doing it i'm like this might as well be sawdust and then i'm no, sitting here no, i'm just like no that's not how this, it works if this flour if this flour, if I didn't add water to this flour and then turn it into like a like a patty, there's no way in the world I would eat this, you know? <laughs> yeah, but I know it, it requires a certain level of processing before I would even imagine eating it. Yeah, let's not do and that. A certain amount. If you put enough syrup on cardboard, I'm sure you could eat it. I bet you could. I remember whenever challenge. we were learning about the English colonies and like school, they were talking about at Jamestown, they were eating like leather straps oh, yeah. from their boots and all of this sort of stuff. Oof. And I always wondered, like, I get it if you're hungry, maybe it'll make you feel less hungry, but I don't think you're getting anything out of your boots. <laughs> A little little protein in those leather straps. But, I mean, by that logic, they should have been eating cardboard. <laughs> yeah, they didn't have yeah, it yet. They didn't really have that. Well, hmm. All right. Sorry, that's that's not favorite soups. backed by science Chris? at all. Cardboard. Oh, my favorite soup. Yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, my the, the first thing that jumped into my head was just like tomato soup, but I think just because I associate it with having a grilled cheese next to yeah. it. It's kind yeah, of so I don't think without I actually that. like the tomato soup. It's just a, it's more of a sauce. You know what? You know what I'll throw in there? <laughs> French onion soup at like a good like steakhouse or something as like a hors d'oeuvre. Blech. 
<laughs> all that melted cheese. It's got cheese. like a whole like yeah. Yeah, as you say, it's got like a, a a lid of cheese on it, doesn't it? And I feel like stews don't count. Those are more meals. Too hearty, yeah. chili. Too hearty. If chicken pot pie counts, I'm gonna oh, throw man. my hat no. into that ring. Yes. If chicken pot pie it's counts, almost a, soup. Just take the top off, and it counts as a soup. Well, if you're not eating chicken pot pie by kind of like scrambling it up, anyways, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Just eat the whole top, and then just drink down the the, <laughs> the gravy filling. the next morning once it gets cold like mike yeah. likes to do all right <laughs> moving on moving my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> the, the room temperature progresses all right uh next one comes in from past.envy he says what is your least favorite thing about content creation and was this something that you expected least hmm. favorite did you expect it i'll take my answer off the air Let's see. We're stumped here. I huh? don't really think. What about how about people uh, having to to approve things, Ben? How about that? It doesn't really bother me too much because what I do now you just move on without. No. So okay. So I am just terrible at finding like little lazy hacks for just half-assing it more and more. I always have to. That's why I have to switch up everything that I do every like five or six years because. After I've been doing something for a while, I just get really good at kind of rounding the corners on things. So I know that sometimes like like brands will I'll send a pretty rough edit pretty early, (laughs) even if I still have like another day of like cleaning up the edit after that, just because I want to get that cycle started. And then the ad read part's already done. And this just gives me more time. To sort of, you know, because by the time I really put in the last bits of work to get it the way I want it to be, I really want to hit the publish button. So this way it gets right. me closer to that. I don't know. I don't I don't think there's too many parts of this job that I don't enjoy. Like I like it holistically much more than I do it as a sum of the good parts minus the bad parts. Like I like the whole thing. I like the idea of, you know, I oh, put this way. Here's some things that I've tried that I didn't work for me because I didn't like them. So it's fine. For me, the key has always been finding the right amount of delegation with the least amount of management. I love delegating. I hate managing other people. One, I don't want to, if I hire people, it's because I like them being around me a lot, which means that I also don't want to have like strict rules for them. So that can be a challenge if you sort of, you know, or have to constantly manage what they're doing. So the way I work with people, it's very loosely defined. There's never any deadlines for them. And there's a lot of freedom. And I kind of structure it in a way so that I'm sort of covered either way financially. They'll always be sort of productive for me. But I don't have a ton of expectations for them. So one of the reasons why I, I do my own edits, and I'm not great at editing, there's tons of people I could hire to do it, is when I've experimented with having other people edit for me, I have to talk to somebody and explain what I want in advance and then the clock's ticking on them. So I cut that out really quickly because, you know, there was like probably this month, I probably gonna do like three or four videos, but the month before I did zero videos and then next month I might do five videos. So I don't want to have somebody waiting for me that then drives my speed at anything other than exactly what I want to do. So you know, that that's a so every time I edit, which isn't necessarily a task I enjoy, I do enjoy it overall because it's coming at the sort of price of me only having to edit 
when I want to. So there's always these kind of trade-offs. And so when I keep the vision of like, oh, this is great. I don't have to have meetings. I don't have to sort of do this. My delegation is really clean. I always try to hand a task over to somebody completely. I don't like things in assembly line where I hand it off to somebody else and then they hand it back to me and then so on and so forth. So I guess the the parts that I didn't like, I got rid of. I'm going to call a kind of audible on this question mm. and say, I'll, I'll say what the weirdest thing for me has been. And this was something that I did not expect, but my whole life leading up to this. So like, you know, when you're a kid and you're in school, you're looking forward to the weekend and then looking forward to summer, looking forward to Christmas break or whatever. And same thing when you, when I had a nine to five job, like I felt like I was always like looking forward to this next thing or whatever. And now I'm much more in the moment, which I think is probably a good thing. Like, you know, you're not wishing your life away, hoping that it was three months from now and it was summer or whatever. You're just enjoying whatever you're doing while you're doing it. But it does cause a sort of like, I guess it makes me think more and it causes like a weird sort of existential, not crisis, but questioning of like, what are we doing? Like, just like, I'm just on a treadmill. (laughs) Yeah, kind of. A little bit, but I think it's just what happens when your brain is stuck in problem solving mode for an extended period of time. Because I get that way for sure. When projects are going smooth or when the day-to-day work is going smoothly, I don't really notice any fatigue. Whenever I'm noticing fatigue, it's when there's new things that I'm trying to figure out plus external stressors like timeline or, or you know trying to work with people or figuring different logistical things out. It's that, it's that time where... My brain wants to be dedicated to problem solving whatever the creative is, Mm -hmm. but there's other things that keep it from doing it. Like anytime that I'm experiencing sort of like a burnout or a stress, it's usually focused around, it's focused around something like that. Is that, is that similar? Yeah, Yeah, I think, I mean, so for me, one of the things that's, that's helped to change it, and I'm sure you guys can speak to this even more than me because you guys have undertaken a lot bigger projects lately. Like that kind of becomes the thing on the horizon that you're not necessarily like racing towards it or whatever, but at least it's a mile marker where you're like, here's what I'm trying to get to. And then we'll take it from there or whatever. And so now I feel like I've kind of got things that are a little bit more like that. So like if it's just project to project, it does get that kind of treadmill feeling to it because it's like, well, why am I racing to get to this when I'm just going to be doing the same thing when I get to that point, except for on a different project. So like, yeah, I should just do this one and enjoy it while I'm here because this is where I'm going to be no matter what. Unless like you were just thinking. Sounds like a Shania Twain song. I love it's that. Like just breathe or something like that, you know? <laughs> we'll under we'll we'll lay that under this. <laughs> and then be sued. Yeah. I I, I would say it's funny. I, I listened to on the drive up, I listened to a really good podcast with Tim Ferris and Naval. I always just think of it as Naval. I'm not actually not sure what his last name is, but on Twitter he's just Naval. I think he's like mm-hmm. one of the the smartest people either Tim or Joe Rogan have ever had on their podcast and just communicates incredibly clearly about what his goals are. And what I like about him is he doesn't get caught up in like the esoteric bullshit. He's like, you know, he focuses on happiness. He doesn't lie. Like when he talks about meditation, he's like, look, it's just sort of being quiet by yourself for a period of time to give your brain a chance to f- figure out what it wants to think about doesn't make it all mystical and that stuff. Mm-hmm. He has really good practical advice on like money 
and investing in yourself and stuff like that. That's very unself-helpy. So, you know, I, th- I think with all these things, it's that it, it, once you realize that you have some autonomy and can make some of your decisions, then you you lose any justification for sort of comparing yourself to others, which brings on a lot of the anxiety and discomfort that I think a lot of people feel in, in any walk of life. So when you kind of constantly remind yourself that like, oh, what am I uniquely good at? What do I want to accomplish? And how do I connect those two things together? It, it you know, thinking of things that way and being sort of mission focused about what my broadest goals are keeps me from getting caught up in the pitfalls of competitiveness and comparison. And I'm kind of surprised that that's worked because I think like the younger version of myself thought that anyone that said that they don't compare themselves to others was lying because I, it was impossible for me to imagine that when I was younger. I was just like, no, that's just kind of what you have to do. But then the older I get, the more I realize everyone's kind of screwed up in their own way. A lot of people are just better at like not hiding it, but just persisting in spite of that anxiety and, and, and trouble that everyone feels. And it, if we all sort of are going to tend to feel that way, no matter how successful we are, then just like, oh, it's cool. It's just, it's just the, it just comes with the territory. And then that just frees me up to be like, all right, well, I'm going to feel anxious every once in a while. I have some tools for getting past it. So let's just focus on what I really care the most about and what I really want to get done. And now I have like a good working excuse to ignore a lot of the other stuff that, that I objectively don't say it at least that I don't care about. So I think just going through those steps and just reminding yourself, this is what I'm good at. This is what's important to me. This is how I'm going to try to connect those dots and everything else is mostly noise. And if it doesn't bring me any sort of joy, why am I listening? Got to spark that joy. Yeah. Got to spark something. Yeah. (laughs) Joy or otherwise. Check out that Um, podcast. I think Mike in particular, I think you would really like it. Cool. I think I've heard him on Joe Rogan. So yeah, he's I'll, I'll solid. He's just he he had this he wrote this like really matter of fact thread that is just ridiculously retweeted on for a finance guy that's unusual too on Twitter and it's just explaining if you don't inherit money here's how you can get rich and it's just like so matter of fact about the sort of tools and mindset and process to do it. And yeah, he's an excellent communicator and a very smart guy. Good recommendation. All right. Another question. How deep are we? We have time for another question. We got one more question. Okay. Last question here. I'll make it a banger. Ready? How about this one? What is your favorite soup? (laughs) Wait, we already did that one. Never mind. (laughs) We could do this one. Tell me if you guys want to skip this one, but big plans for next year. What are you willing to share? I know we've already kind of started to talk about some stuff, right? Do you, do we want to do that? Yeah, or? It's, we're getting to like, I'll put it this way. Things I'm curious about is probably what more, what I'll sort of focus on. So I'll start and you guys can, can jump in as, as you feel comfortable. I know there's some top secret stuff going on is one. I'm always careful to share plans without the caveat that sometimes my plans don't come through. Sometimes I'm not able to execute or sometimes things change. I remember I was just about to buy a giant church 
in Cleveland made out of brick in the 1800s. Mm-hmm. But the literally, I had put an offer on it, <laughs> and then the deal for the container house came through, and I ended up in Joshua Tree. So my plans aren't so much to do something specific. They're to take leaps forward in size and scale. So my plans for this year was to take equity and work on product development. And we're launching a bunch of products. I took equity in about seven or eight companies and and building out the sort of portfolio. So in the future, I won't have to have sponsors. I'll just own a stake in all my sponsors that I'm sort of promoting and just keep reducing the amount of outside interaction that I have to deal with, which makes my life more predictable, which means that I am the only one to answer to if something's making me unhappy because I'm making my own decisions. So I want that pressure of being responsible for my own fun. So I think for next year, it's more real estate projects. I think we'll break ground on at least two pretty good sized whole building builds. One of them at least will be a house. Maybe two will be a house, but the other one might be something else. They're going to be the biggest projects that I've done to date. And some of them will involve just like projects that I'm building for myself. But the other thing that I'm starting to take on is figuring out how I can leapfrog, right? And right now, you know, it used to be that my content business doubled like year over year or, or did better than that. It hasn't done that in the last year. So I'm looking at like, well, how do I, how do I, and I still have some business goals that I want to accomplish. So the question that I was been thinking a lot about this year and the end of last year was how do I kind of grow things like five or 10 X in a couple of years? And you know, most of my friends that are involved in tech or, or entrepreneurs, that's what they're looking to do. They're looking not for just like 30% growth. They're looking at, especially if they have a startup, like we want to go up like 10 times this year. So in th- sort of thinking about that, I've been trying to think, how do I use what I do have, which is the ability to bring a medium amount of attention to a particular thing and use that to escalate something into a big explosion? And that's why I've been looking to actually sort of not just take money, not just take paychecks from people. Because again, that still puts me where I'm trading my time for money. I really want to think about Mm -hmm. it's like, where do I leverage what I'm good at and what I already control for the greatest financial impact? And that's it's the same way you play poker differently if you have uh, a whole bunch of chips. You, you can play more aggressively. And what I think I was forgetting and what I've been trying to shift out of this year is to be like, oh, I have a lot of chips now. I need to change the way I'm playing the game and focus. You know, if, if I spend, if I take the time to research something and make a good investment and bet the right amount, that makes more money for me than grinding really hard for 10 straight days to produce a video in many cases. There's also the risk. There's sort of the downside. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to sort of balance all that more and make some way bigger bets, some of which will involve my money and some of which will involve other people's money, but I still get equity for. And that's what I think will be the big thing that's different next year is I think we'll start to trickle out some public teasers of those projects. Nice. Mike, anything you want to share? 
I don't think so. It'll all just <laughs> no. happen. You'll see it play closed out. closed book. Yeah. I got plans, I will, and you'll see them as they happen. I'll say, so nothing concrete. Obviously, like, my main focus is still on, like, developing the plans and everything that I kind of started doing, I don't know, three months ago or whatever. I will say, though, that... Not that it's a bandwagon that I'm jumping on, but just kind of like things in my life, the way that they're shaping up is like, I've already started designs for a couple renovations of rooms in my house that I live in Uh right now. So I definitely want to undertake those and and start, you know, trying my hand at that sort of content and you'll kill it. That sort of making stuff because I haven't really done it before. And I'm also, I would say, looking at new houses or properties with no real sense of urgency. I'm definitely actively looking at this point, but like just kind of waiting for the right thing to come along. I'm not like, we got to find something by next February or anything like that. Just when it's right, it'll be right. Let's just buy a motel, Chris. Let's do it. There's a lot of them around here. Dude, there are... Well, never mind. I'll talk about it off the air. We don't need to talk <laughs> about it too much, but you already know when that comes around, yeah. that would be the coolest project in the yeah. world. Yeah. Awesome. All right. What are you guys obsessed with? Well, we did. Uh, I already picked my Rockler desk challenge oh, yeah. pick. Do you guys, do you guys have anything sh- you want to shout out that you've seen? That's- yeah, I want to go ahead and shout one out. This is a project that is drastically different looking than all of the others. And that is why I want to plug it. The account is full underscore steam underscore designs. And the artist is Chris Powell. He made a desk out of a bunch of sheet metal which I don't know if it is TIG welded together or what. I guess we'll have to watch the video if it's a video. But I've just kind of been keeping up to date with it as he's been building it. I know he started right as the challenge launched. And it's just one of those projects that I never would have assumed we would have anything that looked like that. You know, it's just so out of the box. Really cool material. I like the way that he made a wooden base but then used, I think, India ink or something to stain it completely black so that it matches the metal that the top is. I think it's cool. I think it's a good example of the weird skills and the weird things that people make in our community. You know, there's a lot of straightforward desks, which I love. This one is super out of the box. Super not straightforward. Yeah, exactly. Super curvy. Yeah. Ben, you got... So this one's not the desk like the way I was thinking of. It's more of a reception desk. But the guy used the Cybertruck as the inspiration. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Wait, what? So, All right, yeah, give it's us like the a real, like faceted like reception desk. It's J Collection on Instagram, and like I don't like it as a comparison to the Tesla, but I just like it in general. It's a beautiful piece of woodworking, and I love the facets, and it's fantastic. Wow. So Yeah, and all the grain wraps together it really just looks nicely. Great. I I just saw that. I was like, that's an awesome reception desk. Like sign me <laughs> up. So cool. <laughs> Only a hundred dollars down, you could have one. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, and that is at the letter J collection. Yeah. So I saw that and Shout just like out. that's super cool. I get what it's doing. Yeah. Nothing beyond that. It looks great. It's really well made. Like the, those veneers like that are are super clean. So yeah, that just uh I love the project. Great job. Yeah, everybody keep awesome. keep rolling in. Like we said last week, again, we've extended the deadline to the 30th so of November. So there's still plenty of time to get in. The hashtag's like starting to take off, it seems like. Like more people are starting to get their stuff in. So yeah, keep them coming. Yeah, check, out, good. check out the hashtag too. If you just want to see like yeah. <laughs> the variety and challenge. quality is unmatched. I'll just say that. 
Yeah, if you don't know what to build for the Rockler Desk Challenge, just check out the hashtag. There'll be plenty of yeah. inspiration. Now, it is cool. We got over 500 posts, yeah. which in just a few weeks, that's, that's a great start wild. considering we're... <laughs> right. We're only halfway through and... Last time and the previous times we've done challenges, there's always that wave yeah. in the last week or so. Right. So this one's definitely going to blow out the previous com- competitions that we've Don't done. You know it. So make sure build something for it if you're interested, guys. It's been a ton of fun so far. If you like the show, you can always give us a five-star review, and we appreciate that big time. It just lets whatever app you're listening on know that we're a good show and that it should suggest us to people that listen to similar content. Otherwise, you can follow us on Instagram I am Mike Montgomery, and you can find me at Modern Builds. Are you sure Builds. who you were? Chris. Hey, <laughs> if I day. wasn't, I am now. Impersonator. Chris Salamone is Four Eyes Furniture, and you can find him at Four Eyes, Four Furniture. Eyes Furniture. And Ben Ueda is Ben Ueda, so you can find him at Benjamin Ueda. Not Ben Pink. Um, we appreciate y'all listening, <laughs> yeah. and yeah, he has not been Pink. The other salty we appreciate Ben. You- <laughs> We appreciate y'all listening. Keep it real. If you have any topic suggestions or questions you think we should answer, always feed it to us. We always love to have fun things to talk about. And we'll see you next time on the Modern Maker Podcast. Bye, everybody. Later. Bye.